0: The Maxine Goodman Levin College of Urban Affairs brings together individuals who are creating the face of urban America. Today we meet Dr. Marissa Piazza, Program Manager for the Center of Economic Development at the Levin College. Hello, welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me, Kristen. Oh, thanks for coming, Dr. Piazza. I'm going to start, although I just used your name, I'm going to start with, can you introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, thank you for having me on your show today. My name is Marissa Piazza. I'm the, a program manager in the Center for Economic Development at Cleveland State University. And that
0: sounds the most amazing. So just physically, where are you on campus? Because I'm, I'm just gonna.
1: So we are physically located in the Maxine Goodman Levin College of Urban Affairs, and we are a component of the college. So most people and students are very familiar with the fact that Cleveland State University, so we teach kids things and give them degrees, right? But there's actually a component of where uh, the Levin College does applied research, meaning that we work with all sorts of different stakeholders in the community, whether it's government, nonprofits, or even corporations, to help them answer pertinent research questions that are important to them. And so we, as a research center, were among several others at the Levin College help all sorts of different stakeholders, answer important questions that relate to Cleveland as a community, Northeast Ohio, the state of Ohio, and their organizations themselves. So your
0: job is doing research all day? and get Because I've, I've gotten that as a question from, from students. They're like, if I could have my dream job, it would just be to sit and do research all day. Yeah,
1: so I do research all day. But the best part about my job is I get to do research to help the Cleveland community. So we work on, that's what applied research is, right? So applied research is solving day-to-day problems as opposed to basic research, which is, um, you know, lab rats and like helping solve major scientific breakthroughs, right? Mm-hmm. But applied research really looks and says, you know, what are different things that we are interested in as a community and see how we can help.
0: All right, well, that that sounds great. So. We have, I know at the Levin College, we have a couple different ones. So what does the Center for Economic Development do at Levin?
1: Right, so the Center for Economic Development focuses on economic development in in the urban setting. Um, We work with um, stakeholders from across the region, Northeast Ohio being a large swath of land, in addition to the state of Ohio. We work with a lot of economic development intermediaries, and that means organizations like the county government, city governments. Um, We work with different organizations that are tasked with economic development um, um, objectives, like Team NEO. Team NEO is a business recruitment and a retention policy. Um, So economic development kind of has four main components to it, business attraction, which is bringing businesses to an area, recruitment, which is re- the re- attraction and recruitment is kind of that piece. Retention, meaning keeping businesses that are currently here, here in a, a certain geography, meaning Northeast Ohio. Um, expansion, so helping businesses who are looking to increase employment or technology or uh, hire more people, help them do that. And then the other is kind of uh, growth, which is what we're gonna talk about today eventually is entrepreneurship. Okay. so. Uh, with all those different areas what do you specialize in? So one of my areas of expertise is entrepreneurship helping economic development professionals and different nonprofits um, foster entrepreneurship in whatever way that is. So um, entrepreneurship is actually really important to economic development and many people have thought about it as kind of the separate thing but it's important not only to help your businesses grow and help them uh, gain new businesses in an area. That's important and what most people think about when they think about economic development. But entrepreneurship, on the other hand, is helping people who are starting very small create ideas create innovation create new products for a region and some of those will become big businesses some of those will become small businesses in the area but what it does is it helps the overall health and vitality of an economy to create new ideas create new innovations and if those things even if they fail happen it's the synergy that happens with an economy think of silicon valley right Mm -hmm. silicon valley is known as the best place to be an entrepreneur because of all of the different resources and people bumping into each other in coffee shops, right? Having that connection with other entrepreneurs, right? So how can we as economic development professionals foster that that environment, and that's kind of what we, we I try to help do and try to help um, different organizations and research areas think through when they're thinking of strategy or implementation or programs that can help entrepreneurs.
0: All right, and real quick, because I, I'm realizing now that we don't know you, how did you get here? Because you're specializing in entrepreneurship. How did you get to this
1: place? So like many students that Uh, have their careers my career kind of found me instead of me finding it Um, I'm originally from the Detroit area and I'm a big proponent of internships and co-ops for this particular reason Um, I had originally been a double major in political science and Spanish with every intention of being a lawyer and going to be going to law school And I was very fortunate to make some networks and intern for the Michigan Supreme Court when I was an undergrad, and it was a great experience. It also made me realize, I don't wanna be a lawyer. So then, so many times it happens in the past, you go,
0: this isn't what I wanna do.
1: So that was helpful because I didn't have to put Not only was I gaining great work experience, but I also realized this wasn't the best career path for me. So what I did realize was that I did want to further my education, and so I got my master's in international affairs. So how does a person with a master's in international affairs end up in Cleveland doing local economic development research? So after that, because of the amount of economics classes I took, I ended up getting a job in Washington, D.C. with the federal government. And when I worked in the federal government, I did a lot of data analytics and statistics. Um, After working for the federal government for several years, I was looking to... Um, moved to a different locale. DC wasn't a right fit for me. Like many people in many places, sometimes big cities aren't a good fit. I was looking for a place that I could be a part of the community, make a difference. And a friend of mine lived in Cleveland, and she mentioned that I should do what is, was called the Cleveland Fellowship with the uh, Cleveland Foundation. And it was then called the Cleveland Executive Fellowship. So I moved here to do that. And then after that, I got a job at Cleveland State doing economic development research because of my research background at the federal government. So
0: see, I tell students all the time, it just, you start in one place and you think you're gonna go down one path and you just end up somewhere else.
1: Yeah, and the key is to do internships, co-ops, anything. So even I did this fellowship, right, when I moved to Cleveland, and that was a mid-career, essentially, internship. I did a variety of different things. I call it my crash course in Cleveland. And um, I realized when I was working on the fellowship that I, I, I really felt like I could play a role in economic development, um, but more from the research perspective than from a you know practitioner side of it. All so right. that's me as a person. Lovely person. all right
0: so next one is um we're going to talk about a little bit about the center and some of the things that you've published Mm -hmm. um and more importantly you've recently uh published a report on co-working Uh, Can you talk to me about this particular research and what your findings are?
1: Yeah. So I've worked in entrepreneurship for, you know, 15 years, different entrepreneurship research projects. And one of the things that we've been hearing a lot about lately is co-working, right? Right. I was going to say, what is co-working? What is co-working? So co-working is um, what you had normally seen about 10 years ago, people setting up their laptops in a coffee shop and then kind of creating their own network in that coffee shop because a lot of people now because of technology advancements are able to work from home. And so if you work from home, it's great and you get to stay in your pajamas. At the same time, it can be very isolating if that is your full-time like gig. So co-working is working in a shared space. Now, what's really exciting is we worked with the Urban Land Institute and a variety of different partners to kind of assess first the economic impact of co-working in Cleveland and to assess kind of what is co-working as a typology. So co-working from its infant phases has been around for 30 years. Um, An organization called Regis actually has always had small offices. So these are people that um, are like accountants or you need an office space to conduct your business, but you're not necessarily interested in what you're your neighbor office person is doing right, so that's a type of co-working. It's um, what we call like co-working and co-working in tandem and co-working in private, right? So you're physically working next to someone, but you aren't invested in their organization or their business, right? So it might be a private lawyer has one office and another uh, accountant has an office, and you need to share a space in order to see clients. You need a fax machine. You need a and a water cooler, things like that, from an office. Um, but what we are starting to see is there's bigger, depending with taste changes. Um, so more people are working freelance. More people are working from home. But more people are really interested in the interconnection that we talked about with entrepreneurship. They're interested, and they they want to be invested in other people's. Uh, Businesses. And so, what really co working has now become is um, a type of programming that uh, people work in tandem, but there's networking events at these different co-working facilities there's um, programming that is at these facilities so that people get to know what other people are working on and they may or may not share in that um, they might be not be able to help the business they might not be in the same sphere but the idea is that any um, no and you know, different than you know a college campus which is great for furtive ideas people are walking around and bumping into each other and saying, oh, well, you know, I'm in science and I'm working on this project and I'm in business. I can help you. That's the point of co-working is so that people with different experiences, but a shared interest can potentially work together. I was
0: going to say, it sounds a lot like a college because when you, um, you you will have you know a research project and you'll see like different Different faculty from different colleges working together Mm -hmm. to get to, like, you know, say, well, I don't know much about this history, so we'll bring in some from history, and I don't know a lot about this. So, and then together it's kind of this collaborative.
1: What's really interesting is so we set up this typology and we. Figured that okay so there's some people that are related as they're self-employed or they're freelancing right so that's one aspect and some other people are like small business and they're small business development but what's really interesting is you start seeing new market players in this so um, companies that are looking to be innovative they're looking to attract new talent they know two things one is um making sure that you are a what well, w- attractive work environment for new, like so we uh- Uh, I'm older, so we talk about millennials all the time and millennial tastes, right?
0: And I'm a millennial.
1: Excellent. So, most millennials, from what I've been reading in the literature is that um, and I know from firsthand, is that they're more interested in not having things, but sharing and experiencing things, right? And so, how can new um, businesses and current businesses attract the talent they need and want in order to grow as businesses? So, one of the things that we've been seeing is that uh, like IBM and McKinsey and different larger more trendy type of businesses are adapting co-working facilities for maybe their creative teams maybe their design staff maybe their R&D staff because um, the idea is that if you make more space for these these bumping into interconnections more creativity will happen and the hope is is that if you and I were working at IBM together and we were talking about something and I'm a product developer and I'm making the next computer, trying to think of what IBM makes, next computer and you are uh, a designer for IBM and you make the like shell or chairs or I don't know. So then we have a conversation when we're sitting next to each other and we say, oh, this is really exciting. What if we did this, the next thing, right? So businesses are starting to actually get involved in either contracting out to some of these different companies that are um, really running the co-working sphere, or they're also, like, kind of revamping their, um, their, their headquarters to make them look more, quote, new and hip. So with the new and
0: hip workplaces, though, you're seeing a lot of, like, walls gone and just like these open spaces, is that kind of like where you have, you know, in, in an architectural firm, you might have like, you know, some architects over here, but then you have like the landscape, you know, so they're all together like, hey, I'm, can you come help me with this? And so it's, it's more like that. Or
1: are you talking... Yes and no. So what's really interesting is that the biggest segment of the that's growing in the co working market is private office space. Mm-hmm. So here's the scenario on why co working is kind of the new thing. Say um, you I we own a business, right? And we own a what are we what are we gonna make? So we're gonna make derby hats. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna make we make hats right mm-hmm. so we start uh online platform we make the hats in our basement and then we realize oh you know what we really need to meet with clients so we're going to move into a co-working space right so you can look around you in this little podcasting studio and you can see this is what like 100 square feet okay so this is great this is great for us we're going to pay 500 a month we get a shared phone we get some bagels in the morning um we get uh maybe a tech support every once in a while and we're not responsible for any of the maintenance or anything right well then our business is doing really well online so what do we what do we want to do we want to hire a couple people right well instead of taking that risk of going out and and signing a two-year lease on an office building I email my my co-working manager of the facility and i say hey you know what i'm gonna hire on two more people can i get another office next door sure no problem your bill just went up by another one thousand dollars so it makes not only is is the space itself like physically flexible but it makes businesses more flexible for hiring so maybe we have a surge of hats during derby season we'll need to a Four people for that, right? Well, then for three months, we're going to take on additional offices. And mm-hmm. then the next two months, we're just not going to be built. So this is what people like. And um, we're we're starting to hypothesize that um, as some of these bigger names get in the market, you're going to see more of businesses not interested in leasing spaces or any sort of um any sort of management of properties, right? And that's where kind of these big businesses get involved where they're like, their biggest liability is the building they own. That's the big thing that's depreciating on them. So if they can push that off their books onto somebody else That seems like a win for them. So, what's really interesting? So, if you can move this um, office rent and all this stuff off of your, you know, quote books, as we call it, like your accounting, um, we found that there is an extremely high correlation between the amount of office rent that you are charged as an individual and uh, whether or not there is a huge supply of co working spaces. Right? So it makes complete economic sense. So if it's more expensive for you to sign a two-year lease, giving you the flexibility of moving into a co-working space as a business is, is good for your bottom line. So places like San Francisco, Washington DC, New York, Boston, Austin, they have very high commercial rents. And so they have a high proportion of um, co-working spaces. So that leaves us to, well, what about Cleveland? So, what about Cleveland? <laughs> so uh, interesting. So Cleveland's farther on that. So if New York and, and D.C. and San Francisco are all up at the top end of high co-working, expensive places, Cleveland's more towards low co-working, low expensive rents, right? So commercial rents in Cleveland aren't... Um, very expensive um, in comparison to the national average, um, and there is co-working happening. So there's some new um, different places that have launched co-working. You may have heard about them. There's the the beauty shop that launched. Um, there's a couple different nonprofit ones, and there's a more interest nationally in the Cleveland market than other places. Is
0: it the beauty? Is it the one? There's one in like Lakewood where it's like would this be co-working cuz there's there's a one in Lakewood that I go to cuz my hair person didn't want like didn't go back to her salon she went instead to this where she literally just has her room
1: with like a chair and a and a sink and it's just her that would be technically that is what we are calling like the working in tandem, right? Mm-hmm. Technically, that is co-working, but mm-hmm. that's more shared office space, right? Because uh, you're not interested. We're looking for place we, when we when we say co-working. Our definition is people that are specifically looking for programming that helps create that buzz, mm-hmm. that that um, mo- momentum. So examples in the Cleveland area of what we are calling like full-on co-working would be the beauty shop, which is in the city of Cleveland. It just moved on the near west side. Cleveland Co. Labs, Launch House, Limelight, Regis that we had talked about, Spaces & Co., Start Startmart, Tech Hub Hudson. The dealership is a new one in Shaker Heights. And um, so these are Uh, specifically places that would have programming um, like once a night. The big one in New York City for women is called the Wing, right? You may have heard a lot about this, right? So they have specific programming. It's a women-only space. Um, They have programming so that women can empower other women. Um, And so, you know, you have maybe a networking night. You have a pizza night. You have a Coding night, you know we're gonna create a new app night, right? So, the, the co-working space not only manages the building and keeps the lights on, but they also specifically create programming to foster this dynamic community. Um, so we found that what's interesting, as we talked to earlier about like different types of um, what you can and can't do at co-working spaces. So there's kind of three different place, three different things. One is a, what they call a hot desk so if you and i were just starting our you know hat business and we don't want to spend a lot of money but at the same time um we are interested in um, starting it officially we need to make calls and we need to not make them with our dogs barking in the background right so we're gonna have a hot desk what does that mean well you have your laptop your own personal laptop and you plug it in and then you know you don't have a dedicated office space you come and go as you please um, it's open 24 hours you do this and the nice part about this is that it's like a $100, 150 dollars a month right so if you need a quiet place to study or you need a place to work or you're working part-time from home these are what we would really call nascent entrepreneurs right A lot of people also use these as is if they are um if they're traveling a lot right so if you travel a lot working from your hotel office can be hotel room can be pretty grim so going to a place that is a little more lively the second one is be a dedicated desk right so exactly what you were talking about earlier flat open kind of bullpen like you know, office space, and then what we call the growing market, which is really just office, closed door office spaces.
0: So, for entrepreneurs, this is going to be big, especially, I'm going to say, maybe even for millennials, because the idea of them starting their own business and wanting to do their own business is huge. And they don't now, now it's not like, well, I have to find the capital for the big building and a warehouse and all this other stuff. If I just want to work, you know, just me and my friend and, and a couple other people we have we can just buy this little space and it'll be just our little workspace.
1: Absolutely. And so what's nice is it scales down the the risk, right? So you can look way more professional than you may be. You can still work in your pajama pants, I promise everybody. But you it it's it makes it way more professional to the to your external stakeholders than you probably would have been otherwise. In addition, a lot of these different places um, work with places like csu they work with places that also have interns so if you're inter if you're interested in the co-working business or you're interested in working for a startup you can call that co-working space, you can call CSU, and you can say, oh, I want to work for a startup. Northeast Ohio actually has a very furtive startup environment, and a lot of this is funded by the Burton D. Morgan Foundation. So they have they host uh, during the summer, they have a variety of interns that can be placed in, in startups. And so you kind of learn the startup culture. And so then, if we're starting our hat business and we need an intern for the summer, then we can afford one, right? We We have a place to house them. We have networks to find the right person. So it 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 makes what can be very difficult startup startup phase for an entrepreneur a little smoother.
0: I wonder how this would work with like looking at everyone who does like YouTube videos and stuff like that, and how Mm -hmm. they have to get like a home studio. If they could do like this co-working and have a studio always set up in a dedicated studio space. To do their youtube videos and stuff like that it's very
1: interesting you mentioned that because i just read an article in the wall street journal yesterday and it talks about there is a new place in la that is a shared housing this is not anything but it's a shared housing facility and they have so you have a very small bedroom that you share with somebody else and everything else is common to the Whole entire group. And one of them was they had like a podcasting studio for artists as a part of the shared housing. So I, I think this is the new trend. Um, I think one of the things that's very interesting is that um, WeWork, which is the national player in co working, national actually and international player in co working, has been having um, a difficult time. Um, As of late, they've had a lot of success gaining investors into their initial brand, but due to a bunch of hiccups with their CEO and kind of the corporate culture that they have um, as a company, um, you're seeing a little bit of pushback right now on whether or not that, that can happen nationwide. Um, or internationally, right? So they've, they' they were have they're, they're launching their IPO, which is initial initial public offering to go public on the stock market and they've had a lot of hiccups and they haven't been able to launch that. So does it make co-working less valuable? No, Does it mean that there might not be one dominant player in the market? Maybe, maybe. But for Cleveland, when we talk about, um, entrepreneurship a lot of people I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and I find an entrepreneur story very interesting and I think a lot of Clevelanders are entrepreneurial as people right so having the resiliency to overcome strategy and loss if anybody's a Browns fan you're a resilient person right I think Cleveland being
0: a legacy city you're a resilient person (laughs) that
1: too as well (laughs) right so overcoming a lot of the manufacturing losses that we've had and overcoming and trying to find a new job and 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 constantly reinventing yourself as a city makes us very resilient so I know a lot of people who are who who make things out of their basement or they're they are not ready to make that big step yet, right? So having co-working maybe can, even if they're not ready to make the big step and quit their full-time job yet, it could, they could work there on the weekends or they can do things at a lower cost. So um, it's an exciting new kind of development to the entrepreneurship landscape.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think about it, I think, you know, we should do the hat, the hat and be... You know, I think what would be interesting is if you and I became entrepreneurs and had the entrepreneurship, and we'll just do that, right? I have
1: many, many, many ideas. Well, let's do the hat.
0: You guys, if you're listening, think about you know whether or not we should do a hat business.
1: Is this guy going to be the podcast where people call in and ask whether or not you should or shouldn't do things?
0: I wish, like, people should just think about calling in, and I'll just no. Um, but no, so this is. I co working is really interesting. It's 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 a new it's a new thing. Hey,
1: Go ahead. So what's really what's really exciting about all of this in this new new sphere, whether it's co working or it's entrepreneurship. Um, it's really being embraced across the country. Entrepreneurship as a component of economic development is being embraced. I think what, if we were to have this conversation 10 years ago, you'd have been like, so tell me what the big new company we're gonna land in Cleveland's gonna be,
0: right? Right, because we were looking at, I mean, were
1: we up for Amazon? No. So, (laughs) um, we weren't part of the top tier. So, the thing is is that I think that, Attraction's a component. Mm -hmm. I think retention's a huge component. I think expansion's a a component, right? But making sure that not only are you working from the top down with large and existing businesses, but trying to encourage people to become entrepreneurs is not only good for um, the economy, but it's also good for people, right? So, excuse me, having the wherewithal to overcome and be resilient as a person is a lot of what you see in entrepreneurs, and it's also what you see in successful people. So whether or not you are interested in actually starting a business, or you're maybe you're gonna start a nonprofit, or maybe you're gonna do a social enterprise, right? So having that spirit to overcome is, is just as important as individuals as it is for our economy.
0: When I look at around Cleveland, I see a lot of startups. You know, like when we look at especially like Ohio City, you have all sorts of startups. And so, I think it's the spirit of Cleveland to be entrepreneurial, and, and it's what, nice to have it, the larger it companies. It is now but, That's, mm.
1: you know, it's, So I I have written a lot on it as it relates to like the culture change in Cleveland, right? So, the culture change. If you if fifteen twenty years ago there weren't many startups, right? So that's why a lot of public effort. So people ask why are there so many? Why is the government involved in entrepreneurship? Why are there these nonprofits? Well, because for a while there weren't entrepreneurs, right? And so we had as the as as citizens we needed to say we need we need to create our own. So in order to do that and overcome what we you know, in economics terms, say a market failure. So all these big businesses went out of business. So the market failure is, well, we don't have any entrepreneurs. Nobody knew how to be an entrepreneur. Nobody, no bankers knew how to do entrepreneurial lending. A- attorneys didn't know how to do startup contracts, right? So it's not just people, it's the support mechanisms that help the people become, um, become champions, if you will, of these. Now, mind you, um, 20 years ago, you know people didn't have email addresses and so the information barriers that happened are a lot less like you can google how to be a startup and get on a million different platforms right now and you you can write your business plan in a night so well not a night but i mean you can take an online course on how to write a business plan for free from coursera right and rock and roll so um so so all of this coming together is important uh, any final thoughts? So in relation to what we have studied as it relates to co-working, we estimate that roughly um, there is a there is a market for coworking in the Cleveland metro area. We say something like we have over 20,000 people could be using co-working spaces. So these are people that are self-employed or freelancers. They're small businesses or entrepreneurs. They could be corporate employees that are n- you might not be interested in having in some sort of siloed. Place all the way out and wherever and then other people business travelers teleworkers Um, and then we also conducted an economic impact on uh, you know co-working either creating a co-working facility and so there is significant economic impact as it relates to creating and operating co-working facilities so um, the the value proposition of having co-working is not only good for entrepreneurial development, it's also good for business development, it's also good for construction development and maintaining a healthy economy. So um, all of the information that we've just talked about today is available on our website, which is at www... I think I'm gonna link it below. Mm -hmm. Levin.urban.csuohio.edu backslash CED, which stands for the Center for Economic Development. All of our publications are um, a bunch, most of our publications are available online for free and download to the public. Um, We have everything, I have a variety of things on entrepreneurship. We have a variety of things on um, economic impacts of really interesting organizations in town, if you're interested. We also have a variety of industry studies as it relates to what is growing in Cleveland, what isn't growing in Cleveland. So feel free to check our webpage out and check our publications out. They're all free and they're all you're all welcome to use them. It's isn't it public great. domain? It's on CSU's website. Mm -hmm. And so you just go and download them and read to your heart's content by Dr. Marissa Piazza. And then who else is in your center? So I am one of four. Um, We have uh, my director. Uh, Her name is Dr. Arena Lendl. We also have Dr. Ira Demko, who is a research associate. And we have Matt Ellerbrock, who is a research assistant. Um, The nice part about this is that we, on average, hire six to eight students to help us out throughout the year during the semester and summers and weekends. And so this allows us to really help students understand economic development and we like to brag that we have a hundred percent placement rate of our students within on average three to six months and they're not working at places they don't want to work at. They want to work at places so we have students who work for uh, the city, they work for the county governments, um, a couple um, work for different transportation organizations in town um and we have a couple people working in the real estate markets so um they take their skills and they go off and i like to say do great things
0: they, do. they learn to change the world they do all right well thank you so much uh dr piazza for joining us today it's been absolutely i i I'm excited to look into more and co-working and see how this is gonna work in the Cleveland area, but I'm also really excited just as like, more entrepreneurs are coming to Cleveland and and see how it works. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, well thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Go ahead and share this with all your friends and like and subscribe to all of our social media, which is gonna be linked down below if you're on YouTube, if you're on any of our other mediums and listen to this as an actual podcast. Just check out our website. All the links are on there. And thanks again. And until next time.